0: There's a reasonable argument to be made that AEW's spiteful anti-WWE moves are best practice at this point, and not just because, Patter sells tickets and t shirts. No matter what people say about the divisive or tribal discourse amongst wrestling fans, critics, and even the performers themselves, it always was the natural reality of a duopoly. Those that didn't see it coming didn't watch enough documentaries about the Monday Night Wars, and WWE produced about 300 of those bloody things with the confidence of a company that was never going to be challenged again. And then, Well, this happened. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, and these are 10 anti-WWE moves AEW made out of spite. Number 10, Santana Garrett versus Tay Conti. A callback to an NXT encounter with significant Wednesday Night War lore, this contest was booked on a night loaded with two-sided Spice and Spite. A supersized SmackDown was said to go half an hour longer on Friday, the 16th of October, potentially throttling a portion of Ramp Page's regular crowd. The Blue Brand loaded up the show in anticipation, resulting in AEW unleashing a free YouTube show that included Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki and Santana Garrett versus Tay Conti. While one was the very definition of a perfect random pairing, the women's match was the total opposite. More than just being an attempt at bettering an old NXT clash, Garrett Conti was the first thing that ever defeated WWE in a viewership quarter hour in the earlier days of the two sides going head to head. On an evening defined by the ongoing niggle, this was the deftest dig. Number 9 Max Caster's rap, and not even that one. Though far from the most offensive remark Max Caster has made during his AEW tenure, the references to the latest bout of WWE releases were certain to create controversy outside of its original intent. Coming ahead of Anthony Bowen's contest with Brian Danielson, Caster referenced the fact that it was Brian's real father-in-law John Laurinaitis that signed off on yet another the bout of cuts. This was punching up to one of WWE's chief authority figures to get under the skin of a family member. But various fans across Twitter didn't see it that way. The comments were viewed by some as yet another petty point-scoring attempt rather than a valid shot at the villains at the top of the WWE tree. Number eight, the brass ring. An infamous Vince McMahon maxim there to be shot at, the prop choice was a major self-own. Yes, having a literal brass ring up there Scanned as the dig at the opposition it was, but the wrestlers were still booked to want to claim it, and it looked stupider in Scorpio Sky's hands than it ever did hanging from the ceiling. Sky looked, for all intents and purposes, like he was holding a bloody Sonic the Hedgehog ring or a Piles cushion, not the key to career ascension. And that was the other problem it didn't elevate Sky in the aftermath, thus resembling one of McMahon's false dawns more than a concerted AEW push. Number 7. Stupid Idea from Bad Creative Chris Jericho cut one of the all-time great AEW promos on only the second-ever edition of Dynamite. His speech was some typical of-the-era brilliance from Le Champion, but it had more to do than just pop the regulars. Over the course of a long and grandiose missive, Jericho gave a name to the heel group he'd revealed one week prior, explained how they'd come together and laid out a mission statement that would furnish AEW with multiple matches and splinter stories for months to come. It was genuinely inspired stuff and even included a couple of offhand poppers that propelled it to vital infamy when the Wednesday Night War was in its infancy. Shouting down We The People chants for the former Jack Swagger, Jericho referred to Jake Hager's old shtick as a stupid idea from bad creative. It drew gasps from a crowd still somewhat flabbergasted that this sort of thing was now going to feature in the weekly TV diet once again. Ironically, Hager still dined out on the bit as part of his MMA presentation, though it's never once resurfaced in AEW after this. Number six, sloppy shop. Taz refused to hide his contempt for WWE's COVID practices when he tacitly accused them of running a quote sloppy shop ahead of an aborted AEW championship match between his man Brian Cage and then title holder John Moxley. The planned FighterFest 2020 encounter was moved to fight for the Fallen later that summer due to Moxley staying home and isolating with his wife Renee Paquette after she tested positive for COVID-19. The not-remotely-veiled implication was that WWE hadn't taken enough care with their protocols when the whole world was attempting to flatten the curve. Paquette, then still working for the McMahons, was deemed a victim of these, as was the cancelled match when husband Moxley played it safe. Number 5. Papa Bucks T-Shirt There's little worse than when good people get so far up their own bloody arse that they suddenly don't seem so nice. That was absolutely the case during this transition, Period for the Young Bucks in 2021. Caught between Kenny Omega and Don Callis before turning heel and well, linking up with both of them. Matt and Nick Jackson were rebuffing the latter's slimy attempts to get them on side. This extended to pretending to pie off a T-shirt he had made, ostensibly in their injured father's honour. Of course. There was more to the story. The shirt was adorned with do not slap leg when kicking. It was hastily put together following news that this exact edict had been passed down to WWE wrestlers from management. The leaked memo made for some good discourse in the days that followed and AEW were quick to pounce on it with a prop that actually went briefly up for sale in their Flog Everything Ever online shop. Number four, Blood and Guts. Here is what Vince McMahon said to investors in July of 2019. WWE will not do blood and guts and things of that nature, such as what is being done on our new potential competitor. I can't speak for TNT, but I can't imagine they'd put up with that. Goodness. Goodness. How does he ever have a voice? TNT were more than happy to put up with that in 2021, though, presenting the first iteration of the match on TV as what many thought would be the payoff to the feud between the pinnacle and the inner circle. Yeah, how wrong we were about that one. Oddly, this wasn't even as shocking as it once might have been, though. AEW were a little too liberal with the claret either side of the contest, normalising what would have otherwise been a break from the norm. There have been far more dangerous moments in other matches. Matches for McMahon to feign concern over than what took place in the double cage. TNT, they of a network utterly thrilled about Dynamite's ratings, still haven't protested. Number three... Khan versus Khan. Extending outwards from the authority figure he'd played on Impact Wrestling, Tony Khan brought his big-talking bollocks to his own organization in a strange and out-of-nowhere promo at the expense of Vince McMahon's newest right-hand man. The May speech came after Khan read in the Wrestling Observer that the WWE representative had been speaking to New Japan Pro Wrestling about a possible working relationship. Khan laughed it off, noting that he'd been featuring New Japan wrestlers on his show for ages and was in negotiations for the future status of his IWGP US champ, John Moxley. Predictably, the WWE New Japan relationship rumours amounted to absolutely nothing and Khan's general demeanour towards his opposition looked even more pointed in hindsight. Number two, Thronebreaker. All Elite Wrestling's sole purpose wasn't to differ from the market leader, but Cody's placement in the company absolutely had to exist in direct opposition to his time as stardust, dashing, or whatever bollocks they were saddling with for all those months. Smashing a skull and iron cross-adorned throne with a sledgehammer scanned as a yeah direct hit towards Triple H, but by 2019, the game wasn't considered the enemy of their potential elite excellence. His NXT would eventually be slain by AEW in a fairly one-sided war, but Vince McMahon simply didn't have any iconography as evocative and literal. Just about every other company had over-relied on ragging on WWE as part of its modus operandi aw set out his stall to change the universe and this well, they didn't feel all that different number one the undisputed error A November 10th, 2021 segment that teased so many cool things without promising a single one. Adam Cole's reuniting with former Undisputed Era stablemate Bobby Fish proffered the prospect of Red Dragon versus The Young Bucks, a Superclick Undisputed Era combo stable, and a Cole Fish team or match all within the next several months. This was all really, really cool. Unfortunately... They just couldn't land the killer line. In summarising the state of play, Cole noted, In AEW, there's no dispute. It's the era of the elite. It got all the words in and the order of them made sense, but it was the most scripted anything on the show all night felt because of how obviously scripted it was. There are no doubt will be loads of reference to NXT as more former wrestlers from the brand make the jump. But the new coolest destination for all pro wrestling should really think carefully about how it gained its reputation rather than luxuriating in the spoils. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like...